Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dice. If you could please subscribe to PR360 on your favorite podcasting apps and hosting sites and leave a five-star review if you like this podcast. If not, let us know how we can do better for you. And also subscribe to the YouTube page to get all the lovely videos for these as well. But this week, we're going to be talking about product marketing. Yes, the Fun thing that no one really wants to talk about, but everybody, well, if you're in the consumer market or even B2B, a lot of times you have to actually market your products and do all this other stuff to, with it as well. But with me, I have Brant Hill with me, and he is a, an expert in to go in product marketing and go to market strategy, sales program, messaging events, and creative campaigns and activations. He has an MBA from the Marshall School of Business and at the University of Southern California, but welcome to the show, Brent. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And the first question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? I'm a coffee drinker, but uh, thinking about making the switch to tea because I, I feel like I, I drink a little too much. Mm. So it's one of those like jitters. You don't get the jitters too much anymore. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, I've become immune. <laughs> Yeah, it happens to all of us. I mean, I remember first drinking coffee and I was like, oh my God, I can't sleep. And now it's like, yeah, I can sleep and still drink it. Yeah, I've taken my coffee in my afternoon nap right at the same time. <laughs> yes. And I gave a brief introduction to your expertise, but can you give our audience a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, I'd love to. So I am currently a product marketer at Salesforce. I work, I've been here about five years. I joined the team that I'm currently on about five years ago, actually, which feels like a lifetime in the tech space. Uh, but I joined after I got my MBA at the University of Southern California, like you mentioned. I've been here. The team I'm on was a, a recent acquisition at the time I joined. And so I got to kind of be part of a startup in a, in a much larger organization and seen our product grow dramatically over the last five years and seen the company grow dramatically over the last five years. Salesforce is quite a behemoth now. Uh, but uh, joined doing. Um, a number of different things. I got my hands in a lot of different product marketing roles and uh, worked on messaging, worked on events, worked on campaigns. And as uh, I've grown into the, my current role, I've taken on really leading the go-to-market strategy for uh, the product line that I'm on. I have a, a team of product marketers that align with uh, very closely with our sales teams and design uh, sales activation, sales programs. We do um, really try to understand what the customer needs, design different uh, relevant messaging and, and events and experiences that uh, try to get our product into uh, the market for today. Nice. And product marketing has had, well, it's been very interesting the past few years. Let's just say that. Yes. And how has product marketing changed since the pandemic? Because there's been a lot of upheaval in supply chains and all that other fun stuff. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, the, the the role that I'm in, I'm in B2B uh, SaaS product marketing. So uh, unfortunately, we haven't felt the, the impact on our product side so much. Um, but that hasn't meant that it hasn't been completely upended by everything that's happened over the last few years. 
Um, and it's been interesting. I think it's not always changed in the way that we thought it would. When uh, the pandemic started, there was fear that people weren't going to buy or that things would change. And um, at least in my world, uh, that hasn't been the case. Uh, we've had uh, as much business as ever, if not more. Um, but the way that we've had to connect with customers has totally changed. Uh, Salesforce is a, a very marketing forward company, and we've really led with events and experiences and really tried to build a really engaging community of users. And um, the ways that we've been able to or had to do that over the last years have really changed. Uh, uh, Pre-pandemic, we, we loved getting people together. We had uh, a big user conference that we put on every year. We obviously couldn't do that the last couple of years. Uh, we love to get people together for dinners and events and, and things like that to really engage with our customers. And we weren't able to do those. So uh, we've had to change the ways that we connect with customers, find new ways, um, whether that, you know, mostly online, but um, wherever we could to, to build better connections and really engage and talk with our customers. So, so that's been huge. And then of course, um, the things that our customers are selling, we're, we're a B2B company, but uh, the thing, you know, the supply chain and all of that has affected our customers. And so we've had to adapt our messaging and the, the solutions that we provide to uh, be relevant to the, the marketplace and the, the way that um, products are being distributed globally because of all these changes. Gotcha. And then the other big thing is now inflation because inflation just this past recently, yeah. they said it hit 9.1%. And how is this affecting, well, the the SaaS side of it? Because people are going to be starting cutting back. I mean, I've even started to figure out mm -hmm. what products or what subscriptions do I need and what pro subscriptions can I get rid of? So how is this affecting the product marketing on the SaaS side? Because it, it does affect everything when it yeah. comes to inflation. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, I think... Uh, this is something where we're looking at this as a potentially an opportunity rather than a risk. There's always uh, the fear of change and, and, and not knowing. But um, because of these changes, where people are having to change the way that they consume with the way that they purchase, whether that is B2B or consumer, uh, you make a great point. The, um, I'm evaluating my own subscriptions and making sure that I'm uh, buying what I really need and really use and want. Uh, but I've seen uh, companies pivoting and uh, I was talking with a friend about this, uh, different uh, streaming platforms, for example, rather than making you pay month to month, we're giving a yearly subscription for a reduced price. And so it locked their customers in, ensured uh, retention, but it changed the way and made it more uh, adaptable to what the customer needed. And I think that's that's the big change is you're seeing this more and more where businesses are changing, not necessarily what they sell, the product is the same, but the way that they sell it is changing. So maybe instead of a subscription model, what we really want is to be able to pay by what we're using. Uh, if I could pay for every month I actually logged into Hulu, rather than having to have it re-up, I'd be much more likely to uh, subscribe to an ongoing or rolling subscription if I knew it was only gonna charge me the months that I logged in. So that's, I think, going to be a big change that we see, Whether and that's kind of across the board, whether that's SaaS or consumer uh, products, the, the way that people buy is going to continue to evolve and change. So even what I'm hearing is almost the evolution again of SaaS, and you could call it 2.0, where instead of you could do quarterly mm -hmm. or you could do by login and you can make a certain number or the price to actually will be worthwhile for the business, but also seem a little bit more price conscience for the 
for the ordinary people that's like, mm, I don't know if I can actually keep on affording $120 a year or whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just giving flexible options so that people can buy in the way that works best for them in these uh, time, turbulent and unpredictable times. Mm. And I mean, that's good messaging around it because you're like, because that's the messaging of inflation. Be like, we understand and we get you. We We pay for stuff too. So this is our way of saying, Basically, we understand, but we still want you as customers, but we understand that, well, money may be tight for businesses or individuals by themselves. Absolutely. And I think in SaaS, especially, but across the board, um, you're seeing the shift to people selling products, services, they're going and, and selling something once to really becoming uh, consultative partners to their customers or becoming really building a relationship. And, you know, we've talked about that a lot over the last few years, but this is a moment where your relationship really has to evolve. And um, now you're saying, we wanna keep you as a customer, whatever that means um, for this, this relationship that we have. And so um, I, I think we'll continue to see that, that businesses are providing products in a way that, that work for their customer because um, ultimately the customer uh, has the power in these relationships. Gotcha. And then, I mean, we're talking about all these, supply constraints if you actually do physical products or inflation if you do SaaS. Mm -hmm. Is there are we getting a little bit more creative in our product marketing since we have to figure out how to reach the customer but also understand the issues surrounding either product constraints or material restraint restraints and then also money restraints. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think there's a number of ways in which we've had to become a lot more creative. Um, you know, if you're selling a physical product and your supply chain is impacted, you've got to look for new ways to repackage what you do have or to sell add-ons. I think you're, you're suddenly thinking more about retention rather than new logos. And you're thinking, where, where can I sell accessories or other additional products that supplement the products that I've already sold? Um, how can we get creative in, in selling? I think I've seen this a lot with, uh, furniture businesses. I've seen, I, I purchased a home in the last couple of years and suddenly the supply chain was so crazy with that, but I've, I've seen the, uh, the websites for these businesses adapt and providing more uh, visibility into what's in stock or what can be shipped in uh, relatively quickly. And so I think, again, it's um, surfacing the products that are available right now and making it um, easier to get people's attention there. Um, for SaaS and the, the world that I'm in and B2B, we've had to get a lot more creative in getting people's attention. And where many of us are at home all day sitting at a computer. And in the past, we used to be able to put on hour-long webinars and and we're seeing, you know, people maybe aren't as interested in sitting there for an hour and watching slides. And how can we grab their attention and make that make sure our content is really relevant to their needs, that we're talking to these challenges that we're all facing together and do it in a way that's a lot uh, snappier, that we're really getting to the, the crux of their pains and their problems a lot quicker rather than dragging things out. So it's just, um, I think everybody is um, overwhelmed by the amount of content that we're having to consume all day. And so making sure that what we're saying is, is really um, direct and to the point and um, that we're not uh, abusing people's time that we're really give being something that is valuable and that will, will help them. So what, almost what I'm hearing and I've kept on hearing this for a while is basically the press release of content where you basically put all the important stuff in the beginning. And then once 
that's done, you can add the filler, and then if people want to watch more, they can watch more. But you put everything important in like the mm-hmm. first five to ten minutes, or however long you think people have attention spans, because attention spans have yes. shrunk. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really giving them the headline up front, making sure that what you're saying is helpful. People aren't going to stick around if what you're saying isn't relevant to what they're experiencing today. So it's it's giving that and then building on that, really showing them how to solve that pain with your product. Mm-hmm. So does that mean also like for like product announcements, doing like TikTok style stuff, plus the long stuff from like Twitch or YouTube live and also the pre-recorded stuff as well. Is it doing like a mix of that for effective product marketing in 2022? Absolutely. I think um, there are all these new channels. We have to be really up um, on on what people are paying attention to, where they are and, and show up in those ways. Uh, I know that TikTok for me as a consumer is a, is a super compelling uh, way to get in front of people. And I know that... Um, People engage with those creators in a way that is is uh, a lot more um, effective and efficient. That um, people are are listening to those types of short form creators um, a lot more than they than we've seen with kind of more uh, high profile influencers in the past. So um, I think that's super interesting. Um, but then again, it's um, as people want to dive in and learn more about your product, it's providing different channels in different ways. Whether that's more long form, um, you know, a lot of traditional, uh, what I would say is traditional, but still relatively new YouTube and um, kind of in the, the SaaS world, more eBooks and uh, content in those ways. Um, that's all still relevant. Uh, but again, it's all about that how to now, I think more so than being sold to people want to be consulted and they want to um, learn what the product's going to do to help them. And they want to learn that from people that they really trust. And um the, those those people that they trust are changing. And then, I mean, talking about like all this stuff has happened with product marketing, even making products, are we going to see a constraint with that? Or you're going to only like create the products that you know people are going to actually get or assume people are going to get because you can do all the research you want, but sometimes it doesn't happen. I mean, for example, I've just recently read that the gaming industry might go through a recession this year because just all the stuff that they want you to buy and everything and plus with people not having as much money anymore, are we see, are going to see a constraint or maybe more of just picking and choosing the best products to bring out? Yeah, I think that that's definitely a possibility. Again, I I, I don't want to assume that we can predict what's going to happen. I, again, with the pandemic, the consumer behavior was uh, different than what I think we, we predicted at the outset. So um, who knows what this means, but um, we are seeing a pullback. I, we've definitely seen that with, our customers, we've um, we felt that a little bit. Uh, so there is um, less. I think people are being cautious right now, um, but I still think that means there's always opportunity there. And and again, in the in the B two B world, um, we're seeing this as an opportunity to solve different pains. Um, businesses are looking to be more efficient. Uh, they're looking to automate. They have to do more with less right now. And so, as a as a business that is selling to other businesses. We're looking as that, looking at that as a way to provide uh, really um, actionable solutions. And so there is an opportunity there. I think again, like I mentioned, there is opportunity for repackaging, for looking at your business models and the way that you sell. So it may not be the, um, there may not be as much investment. There may not be as much um, 
IPO and, and that kind of action right now, but I think that there's still opportunity to relaunch or repackage or remessage um, and really provide solutions that people need in, in these times. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is going to be the future of product marketing? Is it going to be different types of content? Is it going to be different types of events, small, big? What was it going to look like? Uh, I wish I knew. I think, um, like I said, the the beginning of the pandemic, um, I wouldn't have predicted what happened today. I think one thing that is clear is we're going to have to continually adapt and innovate. I think there will be a continued demand for product marketers, and I think probably an increased demand on product marketers. Uh, the um, product marketing, as as I know it, uh, five years ago when I was in business school, I uh, it wasn't even on my radar. So, and today it's, uh, it seems to be a, a, a growing and um, and really uh, robust field. So I think that uh, that will continue. And um, yeah, I think that we're going to have to continue to think about new ways to connect with our customers. So, uh, like I said, three years ago we were doing all kinds of events um, in the cities. We were, you know, people were there. Uh, today it's hard to get people to uh, to a dinner in the middle of the city. So. We have to meet people where they're at. We know they're at home. We know what they're doing all day, or, or you know, we we think we know. And so now we have to um, find them there and and find new ways to to talk to them. Gotcha. And then, fun question for you: If you, budget was not a constraint or was unlimited, what would be the most bombastic way you would product market a product or SaaS? Well, I am a lover of uh, live events. So assuming that um, people still want to show up to those, I'd throw the most, uh, using your word, bombastic big event, make it really high touch, really hands-on, really, um, I, I love kind of wowing people with something very experiential. So uh, that's where I'd blow my money if I if I had uh, an endless amount and, and uh, make it uh, so great that people want to show up. So that's that's really where my love is nice and any final thoughts for our listeners i think uh just encourage everybody to to really focus on product marketing and uh, make it a in integral part of their business i love it i think it's um, the companies that are doing it well are really seeing the returns there and um so i hope that it continues to grow and flourish as a as a trade or a, a profession all right well thank you brent for joining po360 and sharing your knowledge on product marketing. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on all your favorite podcasting hosting sites. Leave a five-star review if you like this podcast. If not, let us know how we can do better for you. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to understanding your customers' needs and adjusting your price points where need to. And see you next week. Later.